Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Yeah, what a great, great morning. And the uh, Lord speaks to me, funny, and through t-shirts. Uh, sometimes when I'm prophesying over someone, it's often something written on their shirt. Kind of is a key, and uh, and I knew um, speaking about the Holy Spirit this morning. When the worship leaders wearing a T-shirt says "Holy Spirit," you know you got a good start. We're going to get going, and then as we end in joy, it's just a reminder that Holy Spirit and joy go together. And uh, so, my prayer is this message. There's no part of this message that cannot be delivered in joy and received in joy. So let's by faith do it that way. So I'm going to deliver this message from a place of joy, and I'm going to pray you receive it from a place of joy. Let's see what happens. A message about the Holy Spirit should be delivered in joy. And I was reminded, uh, sometimes I'll jump on the prayer room. I, I love being on the prayer line. It's such a privilege, and so sometimes if it's a busy I'll just uh, jump on, and they, John lets me put the tag on, and, and uh, last Sunday, a y- young lady came up and um, was having back pain and sciatica down her leg, and um, we prayed, and it, it got somewhat better, and I said, well, let's pray again, and in that prayer, she broke out in joy, and in that moment, she was healed, fully healed, so joy... In his presence. And we're singing today about everything's easy in his presence, right? And so everything is easy in his presence. And uh, it was just as we were singing that, I was just reminded the first time the Holy Spirit fell on a person was in Exodus 35. I think his name was Bezalel. And, And he was an artisan. He was a craftsman. He worked with gold and silver and fine wood. He was, he was an artist. And the Holy Spirit came on him to help him do his work better as an entrepreneur. So we in the business, in the marketplace, can ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to be the creative one. I have, I've been in, I, when the Holy Spirit's there and in his presence, it should be easy. Have you ever seen, you know, an artist who's playing today? Like, when they're in the zone, it's easy. It's fun, right? At work, it can be easy if you're doing your calling and it's, you're there. And I've been in meetings um, where I'm talking to people about their finances. It's not work to me. It's kind of easy when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And there have been times when I can feel the presence of God just drop on the table. Having a meal with someone, talking about business, like wisdom enters the room. It's easy. It's fun. And so, um, so let's, uh, let's go after him this way today. Amen? We're going to do a, a Bible study story, a Bible study. I'm going to hit eight different passages. That's a lot of scripture. 
I hope if you have a Bible, I hope you have it. If you have a, a note place on your phone, I, you could touch it. If you have a, a Bible app, you, let, I would, you go there with me. If not, uh, listen to it again one day, okay? All right, um, let's, uh, let's go to Colossians 1. Verse 15, and I'm going old school today. I've got little yellow tabs where the scriptures are, so I'm not looking at it all day. We're doing it. And, and this first scripture doesn't implicitly have anything to do with the Holy Spirit yet, but you'll see in a minute. But if I were, if I were being shipped off to a remote island in the South Pacific... And someone said, you can, you can memorize 50 scriptures, and you're going to create culture there. This would be one I would take. First, so Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, and this is talking about Jesus, and my Bible calls it the incomparable Christ. What a beautiful word. Our Christ is without compare, is he not? And verse 15, he is the exact living image of the unseen God, the firstborn, the preeminent one, the sovereign, the originator of all creation. And for him, all things were created in heaven on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exists through him and for him. He is the exact image of our unseen God. He's the exact image. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so this is one of the places that um, the Holy Spirit's a spirit of truth. And this is one of the places where you'll see the enemy try to distort the gospel. You'll see it often, like, you'll see it, uh, he'll, they'll try to taint that Jesus isn't perfect, that he didn't, he wasn't there existing from the beginning to the end. And uh, I use the word cult very carefully. I don't think it's a word we should throw around. But when people try to distort this verse, they're getting in dangerous area of being a cult. Like, he was not made. He was not, he wasn't created. He's been from the beginning to the end. He was there at creation. Amen? Amen. So uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. This is in the beginning. And so we just read how Jesus was there at the foundation of the world. So Jesus was there. And in verse 2, the earth was formless and void or wasted and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And, and uh, the Spirit of God was moving, the uh, Amplified says, hovering, brooding over the face of the water. So the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, found its way into the second verse of the Bible. So he, he wasn't slow showing up. And so we just read that Jesus was at the foundation of the Father. God created God, in verse 1, God spoke and created, and there the Holy Spirit was there brooding over the face of the earth. So we see right there at creation, God the Father, God the Son, 
God, the Holy Spirit in creation. We see the, them in other places in the Bible, but let's turn to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. This is Jesus' baptism. That's a pretty important time. And you remember, uh, he went to John the Baptist, said, will you baptize me? And John's like, I don't, I, I'm not worthy to baptize you. And Jesus was like, just um, go with it with me for a while here. And, um, and so in verse 16, and Jesus was baptized, and he came up immediately out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased and delighted. Another instance of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit at John's baptism. I'd pay a lot of money for that video, wouldn't you? You know, I'd, let's stream that one when we get to heaven. What did that feel like when that dove came on his shoulder? Holy Spirit uh, is often depicted like a dove in Scripture. And uh, Bill Johnson says, you know, he's, he's, the Holy Spirit's in us for us, but he's on us for others, for the world. And so let's go to John 14. We're just flying through these. Here we go. John 14, verse 16. My title here says it's the role of the Spirit. What's the role of the Holy Spirit? Jesus speaking, I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another helper. And sometimes the Amplified's kind of good. It's a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengther, strengthener, a standby. Has there ever been a time in your life when you needed a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, or a standby? Amen. Anybody today could say I could use one of those today? Well, today's as good a day for the Holy Spirit to minister to you as any other day. And it says the Spirit of truth in verse 17, speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Let's just stop there. And the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive. So, you know, we're, we're just the clay pot. We're not the potter. Amen? And this... The scripture I love is a, there's a treasure being held in jars of clay. And there's a potter on the potter's wheel being God the Father who's making that jar of clay. And each jar of clay is represented by you and you are unique in, his, in the potter's hands. He chooses the size and the shape. He chooses the color. You're unique. And in that, he's putting in a treasure, the treasure of his presence, the treasure of the gospel, the treasure of his faith. And you're, a, you're holding that. Your, your jar of clay, frail, can be broken. 
I'm passing that jar of clay to another generation. I'm protecting that jar of clay, but I'm not the potter, I'm the clay. And if he says, this is how salvation works, this is how salvation works. Who am I to, who am I to judge? Who am I to complain? Who am I to say that's not fair? He says in verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. And so you have to have, as we'll see these other scriptures, those who have the spirit of God know God and have God. And those who don't, don't. And there's all kinds of voices that say, well, there's a million different ways to God. But the Word of God says it's tied to His Holy Spirit. There is a link about knowing God and having His Holy Spirit. And we are rich beyond all measure if we have His Holy Spirit. When I... Uh, when I preach, I often just kind of block off the weekend, and Lindy knows I'm not much good for anything, but just being in the basement, or I don't, I don't help her much. There aren't any honey-do lists. But I get, to, I get to soak with him. I'm forced to, in a way. It's a great thing. From Thursday night, Friday night, all day Saturday, Sometimes Saturday night, early Sunday morning. And I heard Catherine Kuhlman talking about the Holy Spirit once in a YouTube video. And she, she was just, um, she was talking, she was just asking the crowd, please don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He's all that I have. And something inside me just touched me like, she really knows him, maybe in a deeper way than I do. And so yesterday, I probably have four or five hours of Catherine Kuhlman YouTubes just soaking in, trying to find that spot again, like trying to get that impartation, trying to get what is that that she has had. And uh, I never found it, but I found a lot of other good things. But it's a, it's a beautiful thing to just um, read scriptures for a day or two about the Holy Spirit and hear great messages just wash over us. And any of us can do that. We can just take a day, a Sabbath day. We could take a little retreat and just... Be immersed in Him, in the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take it to its heart because it does not see Him or know Him. But you know Him because the Holy Spirit remains with you continually and will be in you. And I, I just have to remind myself and want to remind myself and want to remind us that we have the Holy Spirit. We are wealthy beyond anyone else who doesn't. And tonight, uh, tonight there's a, a Super Bowl and there's all the stuff with famous entertainers and there's Swifties and there's all kinds of stuff, <laughs> right? 
I mean, you got the most famous entertainer and the biggest American sports thing all tonight. And my wife and our, I are football fans. We will be watching. We love football. We don't care so much about all the other stuff as much, but we like the football. And um, we, it was interesting when we were in Mexico on a mission trip, Taylor Swift was at the stadium there in Mexico City for three or four nights, sold out. And we were stuck in a traffic jam every night after our meetings, very aware. As we went to a stadium built in 1968 for the Mexico Olympics with the worst acoustics on the planet, a concrete jungle, um, almost couldn't be in the worship, it was so crazy. With one of the world's great apostles. And it was full of wonderful Mexican believers, just from all over South America. It was a beautiful uh, set of meetings and wonderful passion. But you couldn't be lost on the irony that just down the road was 60,000 people four nights with all the money in the world for their acoustics and we're in their traffic jam. And one of God's apostles and a great entertainer. 3,000 in this meeting, 60,000 four nights in this meeting. But we, has, we serve a different kingdom. We're not of this world. And, and, uh, and we are rich in Christ Jesus, amen, because of the Holy Spirit in us. And we just pray for, and I just pray even grace, there are uh, athletes tonight proclaiming God's name and being open about their testimony. We just bless all of them. Amen. Yeah, so, so verse 14, John 14, 16. And then it says in verse 18, I'll not leave you as orphans. I'm going to come back to you. And in a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live also. And on that day, at that time comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Stop there. Like when you read a crazy verse, just stop. Don't keep going. But this theme that Jesus says, I'm in my Father, and you, you and me, we are, we are in Jesus. And Jesus says, and I am in you. John 17, he goes all into this. It's a theme throughout the Bible. It's amazing. God, Jesus is in the Father. The Father's in him, and we're in him. This is how he's making us into sons and daughters of the king. How are we becoming sons and daughters? This is, he's doing this through a transformation. He's doing it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And the person who has my commandments and keep them, keeps them is the one who really loves me. This theme, when you read, study the Holy Spirit, I kept seeing this theme. Like, 
keep his commandments. They're the ones who do my word. Who, they're the ones that love me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Whoa. So there's a promise. We keep his commandments that we really love him. He will be in the process of revealing himself to us. I'm going to receive that by faith with joy. That the word of God says, he, if I'll, if I'll obey his commandments, if I'll just rest in him, he is going to be in the process of revealing himself to me. No matter what your past today, no matter what mistakes have happened, this concept really helps me. It says if today I can get on the right road, going in the right direction, and I'm an eternal being, I am in line for that promise of God. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. I can rest on that scripture that he's going to reveal himself to me. Right road, right direction. Whatever's happened in your past, if today I'm on the right road, in the right direction, I come with hope. I come with joy. That helps me. I don't know if it helps anybody else. But, uh, hey, let's go to um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. This is a famous verse about the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, verse 13. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth the good news of your salvation, and believed in him. Let's stop right there. How did you get saved? You heard truth and you believed. You heard something, it resonated in your heart, and you believed. That was your transaction. It's not, it's not by works of righteousness, but according to his mercy, Ephesians 2 According to his mercy, he saved you. It's not by works of righteousness. It's according to his mercy. And you believed him. And then and it's, he's crediting you with salvation right there. And you were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit as owned and protected by God. That's good news. What did you do? You believed. Every one of us has access to, access to believe. All have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. It's the will of God that all people would be saved. We all have the ability to believe. And when that happened, you were stamped. Can you imagine? He just stamped you with the Holy Spirit. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that is like a deposit. You ever go buy a car and put down a deposit? Nobody? <laughs> Nobody's done that. Okay. Yeah. 
Verse 14, the Spirit is the guarantee, the first installment, the pledge, the foretaste of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own possession, his believers, the praise of his glory. He's given you a Holy Spirit deposit. It's a deposit of better things to come, of more, of ownership, of being inherited by him. Whoa. Holy Spirit's a deposit. It's wild. It is wild. It's wild. And now someone's saying, well, I just don't feel that. I I said a prayer. I went up to Billy Graham conference. I didn't feel anything. Okay? Let's talk about that. So it would be better if I felt something. It'd be better if I was slung against the wall and enjoy for four hours, you know. It would, I would, I, I kind of covet that. I like that. I want that. Amen? But what if you didn't get that? So, I have a decision. I come to a fork in the road. I can decide my feelings determine Truth, my experience determined truth, or the Word of God, or saints, many, many, many saints that are heroes, their testimony is going to be my determinant, my plumb line of truth. And I will wait till my feelings line up with truth. I will wait till they align. With God's word, I won't say God's word isn't real because I didn't feel that yet. I don't know why it's not more obvious to all. I don't. I'm the clay. He's the potter. Like, who am I to say, you should have done it this way? One thing that um, helped me was a conversation I had with Blake once, like, I believe everything in the kingdom still requires an element of faith. I don't care if you see angels on a daily basis. He's going to reign your world where there's still this little fine line, almost almost like you barely see it. It's, It's like a fishing line a really fine fishing line. It's going to link God and faith. There's going to be a line of faith still required. Is that true? Even if you see angels, there's still an element of faith because there's, like, there's one little part of you is like, am I crazy? <laughs> right? Right. So you, you see what I mean? Like it's, there's always going to be a requirement of faith. And your friend might have been just laid out, shaking and quaking and rolling and strolling, and you didn't feel anything. Like, I don't know why, but there's an element of faith. But I know there's a good God, and I know there's more. 
And even this weekend, it just gave me the, just the sense like, ah, there's more. I haven't experienced it all. There's more. Let's turn to Romans 8. Some people, Romans 8 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And it was my, it was my favorite before I read this. And a great theologian said, Romans 8 is like the heart of the New Testament. So I felt really good about that. And this verse I'm going to read to you is like the heart of Romans 8. So if Romans 8 is the heart of the gospel and this verse is the heart of Romans 8, this is one of the crazy, wonderful verses in the Bible. Romans 8. And verse 14, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Wow. I've missed this verse for a lot of my Christian life. If you are allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit of God, you're a son of God. It's a little bit of a scary verse. The Passion Translations is like the mature sons and daughters of God are led by His Spirit. That'd be a great life goal. You're richer than Bill Gates if you're led by the Spirit, if you could be called a mature son and daughter of the King. You're cooler than the Kansas City guy, Holmes. You're cooler than him. I like him. Let's go to the next one. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you have received the adoption, the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry, Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy. This is the God who is near. This is the Papa, Daddy God. This is the same God as we've been preaching about in Blake, the Holy God the majestic God, the one who hovered over creation, the one that demands holiness. But this is the near God, the ever-present God, the God, the daddy-papa God. And if we're children, we're heirs. Can you feel the richness of this? I just want his word to wash over you by the power of the Holy Spirit, this truth, the spirit of truth, to wash over you, get in your spirit. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we're believers, that we're children of God. And if we're his children, then we're his heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share in his suffering so that we may also Share in his glory. Selah. 
And this verse I did experience as a 17-year-old, totally unchurched kid. Some little hippie church in Colorado Springs. I'd go sit in the balcony trying to be inconspicuous. I was the only kid in the balcony. I don't know why I thought I was inconspicuous. And I'd come out crying every Sunday night that summer. And the Holy Spirit drawing, wooing, wanting, convicting. And when I said a prayer, a prayer of belief, a Romans 10.9 kind of prayer, if you confess your sins, if you believe that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That kind of prayer. I felt like I was part of the family and have always, every day, for, six, for 50 years, felt that verse real. That verse came alive. That verse, the Holy Spirit came and sealed. No, he's never thrown me against the wall, but what could be more important than knowing I'm part of the family? Abba. He's always felt Abba. He's always felt near. Even in my sin, his correction is like a good father. It's the kindness that leads us to repentance. We're rich. I have experienced this word for 50 years. Who am I as a frail clay pot to say, well, I haven't experienced that. How ungrateful would that be? Why not just get on the right road and the right word lane, go in the right direction with joy and expectation to receive the things I haven't received or experienced yet. I think I'm more likely to experience it with that attitude than some other. Like, woe is me. Why them? Why not me? I can play that game. I've done that game before. He's good, isn't he? I meant to go to this verse before I went to that one. Acts 19.2. In verse 1, it, it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul went through the upper inland districts and came down to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed in Jesus as the Christ? And they said, no. We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he asked, into what then were you baptized? And they said, we were in John's baptism. 
And Paul said, well, John performed a baptism of repentance, continually telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him. That is, to confidently accept and joyfully believe in Jesus, the Messiah. And after hearing this, they were baptized again this time into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. How cool a verse is that? Like, there's a lot of controversy in the, bio, in the church over when do you get the Holy Spirit, and is there a baptism of the Holy Spirit? This verse is super clear to me. Like Ephesians, we were all, all believers, in my opinion, were sealed by the Holy Spirit according to Ephesians. That's what the Bible says. And here it's clear that there was something else, a subsequent experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These guys said, I've never heard of that, but they were clearly believers. There was something more. And so, we believe in something more. If I'm on a fork in the road and I can believe nothing more or something more, I pick something more. Like, that's not a hard choice. Why would I, you know, I grew up in a church that was a little, after age 17 when I started going to church, I went to a church that didn't believe in the something more. But I choose to believe something more. We shouldn't fight about it. We should be living in the something more so attractive that they want more. Let's not fight about it. All these verses are culminating in a really great verse. I've saved the best for last. John 16, verse 13, 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. Do you notice the Holy Spirit keeps shining a light on Jesus? I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And I'm telling you about the Father because Jesus is in the Father. And they're, the, they're all God. They're, there's no conflict. I found so much joy. Like, I like to read old saints. I've mentioned listening to Catherine Kuhlman. I love to read Oswald Chambers of, you know, almost 100 years ago and and I, I like to read and about and hear less, lesson to lessons of Heidi and Bill and Leonard Ravenhill I got to hear speak. I, like, one of the beautiful things is they're all preaching the same gospel truth. And I'm like, how is that happening? I mean, I mean to really sharp degree. I was just so blessed by Catherine Kuhlman. Like she was preaching the gospel like Jesus, the beauty of Jesus. And, and how does that happen? Well, it happens because they're holding true to the Word of God and the Spirit of God is in them. Because the Spirit of truth, when we kind of get into hearing 
You ever kind of watch something or heard something like, that doesn't feel true. And your, your heart is like, nah, warning, warning, Will Robinson, warning. The spirit of truth is there. That's, that's how God is keeping this treasure in jars of clay, passing generation to generation. The spirit of truth, the word of God, the saints of old. The world's trying to figure out its moral values. We're of another world. We find our moral values. The word of God, the spirit of truth, the saints of old. There's safety. This jar of clay, this treasure hidden. Verse 14, he will glorify and honor me. Because he, the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Because of this, I said that he will take from what is mine and will reveal it to you. Mic drop. Whoa. This pattern isn't just here. Like you see it in other places of the scripture. It's coming through. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. I'm in you. Jesus, by his obedience on the cross, was, had access to everything the Father had. Everything the Father has is mine, says Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is operating throughout all of our lives, trying to transfer that wealth to you and to me. And we're receiving that truth today with joy and by faith. Everything that Jesus gained from the Father is available to us. It's crazy. That should stomp self-pity to hell. And it's it's easy to flow self-pity in the body of Christ. I felt it. I've had to fight it. There's no self-pity in this verse. If you have self-pity, you should read this verse and repent right now. He will glorify and honor me because he, the Holy Spirit, will take what is mine, Jesus, that's Jesus, and he's going to disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Because of this, I said that he will take from what is mine and reveal it to you. They can have Taylor Swift. I'll take that. So I know we've gone past time. Let's just take one or two minutes and just let that truth soak. However you receive truth, receive that. Lord, we just say thank you for your word and thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the psalmist today that brings songs of joy 
and that the word would be delivered and received with joy. Lord, I look forward to encounters with you in your Holy Spirit. I look forward to you revealing yourself to me by the power of your Holy Spirit. I take, I take uh, that word as truth, and I ascribe to it, I receive it, I, I say that is mine by faith. You're revealing yourself to me. And all the people said, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.